Thanks so much for clicking on this. This is going to be another episode of the Reforge Roundtable with a lead story about God of War Ragnarok news centering around the new trailer as well as the dialogue about if the game was held back. After we talk about that, we have other things to discuss as well with Gotham Knights and New World, but we are going to kick things off with the God of War Ragnarok lead. I'm going to end the previous stream. It was a Scorn gameplay stream, and I'm going to bring everybody over from that. Thank you guys so much. If you enjoy gameplay streams and talk shows, be sure to hit subscribe and the bell button here on Reforge Gaming. If you're listening to the Reforge Roundtable elsewhere, you can always catch us live over there at Reforge Gaming on YouTube. I'm joined as always when we're when we're all available. We're all here this week. <laughs> Ginger Prime and 30 and So Gaming are here with me. How are you doing, guys? What's going on? I'm doing good, dude. How you been? I am great, and the weather has been well. The weather's great, but then everybody has allergies, so you know that's... my allergies today, dude. I'm like, <laughs> I just put my mask down, be like, let's go. Yeah. My eyes are all like red. Yeah, yeah. My son looks like he has black eyes because, like, from the like the gets like puffy from the allergies. Looks they... he's playing video games way too long. That's basically what what happens. It's like rubbing his eyes and stuff. Yeah. 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 Well, the other thing going on this time of the year uh, is the the weather's not just changing, but the tide seems to be changing. We're we're getting into a gaming news deluge. There's things coming out. There's things getting announced. I was just playing Scorn, like that's that just came out, and we're Ooh. starting to get get a little bit more about God of War Ragnarok. And we had that big story trailer, and then this week, just yesterday, they released a very short trailer about next gen immersion. And they highlighted the fact that it's going to be at 4K. Now, they haven't given details because God of War 2018 got like a 4K checkerboard upgrade with 60 FPS. We're not quite sure how they're going to be doing 4K in this one. Probably very similar. And then it talked about the 3D audio and the haptic feedback. Just sort of showcasing, hey, this is the next-gen stuff we're adding. And I wanted to kick off with that because I do think some people are going to want to see maybe a bit more than that like we did with Horizon Forbidden West. We are still mm-hmm. waiting on that PlayStation showcase. And guys, yeah, as a reminder, anybody who just came from the previous stream, do us a favor. We need that like button slammed. This is like our fourth stream of the day, actually. We've done a lot of streams today. So thanks everybody who's been doing that. Make sure and faithfully do that and remind people when they come in. So I wanted to discuss this with you guys because it's a common discussion now with these sequels and with next gen. I was even debating people about the Dead Space remake, like, you know, certain things not looking next gen. We're probably going to get into that when we talk Gotham as well. But with respect to God of War, do do you feel like at this point they need to establish more firmly what exactly the details will be of the next gen version on PS5 upticking it from the, you know, the previous one that you can get right now in 2018. Uh, we'll start with 30. This is a transitional time, and there are games that are hitting what I feel like is a true next-gen experience. I think we saw that in Horizon Forbidden West, but they also detailed all that before the game even came out. Is that is that something that you're looking for in the dialogue right now? And if not, you know what, what do you need to see when something like this is priced at $70 uh, on a next-gen console? I, I look at God of War. I know everyone's like, um, it's it's a uh, it's a it's a DL, it's a DLC, right? And this is the same <laughs> this is the same talk that they did for Miles Morales when it came out for Spider Man. I think in this in the same gist, right? Because they were 
in between systems and and whatnot, they were creating these games for the four and then the five. And then what was happening is they didn't have any games for the five. And they said, well, the next games are only coming out for the place. Remember when Miles Morales mm-hmm. came out? They said they're only having it for PlayStation Five. And then all of a sudden it came out for four as well, right? They wanted to boost up the sales for the five. I don't believe that uh, Miles Morales, not for one second, or God of War was made solely just for PlayStation 5. It was made for the Ford and then also the 5. Now, Ratchet and Clank, that was 100% made for the 5 with the haptic feedback and everything that they did for that system. So when people looked at Miles Morales and said it was a DLC, I could see I could see how they're like, "All right, well, cuz when you play the when you play Spider-Man, you're like, "Oh, this is leading up into there should have been a DLC." But then they said, "You know what? We have no games for the PlayStation 5. So why don't we take Miles Morales?" put a lot more, a little bit more story in there and send it out fantastic game and i wouldn't consider it as a dlc i would consider it as a smaller game but a really great game for the playstation 5 and 4 and i think that's where god of war's at i think because they're using the same assets i mean what are they gonna make brand new assets no they just had it in 2018 and they started production of god of war 2 i think in november like just one month or two months after the game came out uh in 2018 so obviously the game is going to be linear or too so close to what the last one was because that's what they're doing it's a continuation to what it is so for people to look at it and go well it's five years now and i want like the best of the best god of war i played on the playstation 4 it's phenomenal looking right Mm -hmm. on the playstation 4 the only reason i'm not getting god of war ragnarok this year is because i don't own a playstation 5 i refuse now because the graphics of like ghost of tsushima uh horizon forbidden west now god of war i don't want to play it on the inferior product of the four right mm-hmm. i play it on the five so i'll get it down the line and play it once playstation fives are abundance again and we can all get them and, and whatnot but i don't think in any way shape or form that this game needs to do anything different because it's made for the four and the five and sure they can have the haptic feedback and whatnot for uh that next next gen console to to separate itself from the four because they have to make sales of that but as visual and gameplay and all that other stuff, they could literally just continue doing what they did for 2018, in my opinion, and it's going to sell. And it's still going to be a great game. It's still, in my opinion, going to be, uh, you know, obviously nominated for Game of the Year, one of the Game of the Year's uh, nominations. So I, I don't think, I don't think they have to do anything. I think they could just do exactly what they're doing, make a product, make a really good single player experience. And we just have to stop nitpicking for this day $60 $70 look people have been playing games now for the last decade and paying $120 for the gold edition legendary edition whatever edition diamond edition and you're already paying $100 for a game you're just you're just okay with because it came with a statue or it, it came with the cosmetic skin that you threw away in three seconds when you when you started the game you know what I mean I don't know yeah yeah mm-hmm. what do you what do you think ginger because I mean the 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 discussion does sometimes center around next gen doesn't look different enough you know what what would you what would you think they need to do to to maybe turn the tide of that or or what do you think about that dialogue in general well i think uh sony blew their load when they announced the ps5 and they completely mismarketed mismanaged this launch of the playstation itself they've set an entire generation of fanboys rabid without essentially the tools necessary to understand the complexities of game design and allowed microsoft a foothold both in japan and within what it means to be a next generation console. Uh, I don't care that uh, they don't have a game design for Ragnarok that is PS5. You have not seen that yet based off of how they marketed it. And it was all in their 
mistake of saying we believe in generations and then going, oh, wait. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's where I lost a lot of respect for Sony as a concept because that clearly showed that they got, uh, they got, they got, you know, checked, whatever we want to call it. They got caught off guard and you can clearly see that in its core game design uh, and its core marketing where we believe in generations, which as a gamer, when I, when I heard them say that, I go, that's stupid, but I'm so glad that they're going to do this so it can show a clear contrast to that. If you say we believe in generations and this was all PS5 forward, it would give game designers the ability to understand and design games, which is what we've been promised and what we're seeing very, very little of because it turns out you want to be able to make sales of games. And the best way to do that is with a cross-generational approach. Now, there's not, uh, you know, there's definitely arguments against the cross-generational but Microsoft, I think, really uh, clearly uh, took the bag with essentially how Play Anywhere kind of works in there and their smart delivery. Like, if you're going to talk about a next generation feature, it's clearly that overposed to like you want to add haptic feedback. Cool. Um, I'm I would love uh, you know for them to design like any game with the PS5 only in mind. But what 30 said is absolutely right when it comes down to Miles Morales and being able to put these games on multiple platforms. There are some sacrifices that are being made, namely one in terms of what they said and how they do hallways, you know? Yeah, you're going to keep seeing that because you have to do hallways on the PlayStation. Could they completely redesign it and have a PS5? The question ends up becoming what I don't see a lot of gamers talking about is in that, is that even fun? Is it fun to have 10,000 players all at the same time in, 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 a, in an online game? We have no idea. Hasn't been able to be technical. Doesn't mean it's going to be fun if it's if it's achieved. So I think ultimately they're doing the right thing. They're, Sony's making the right decisions and because there's also this weird non-console, console, cloud streaming, all this you know acquisition war going on. What's better for Sony right now to release a game that only runs on PS5s where a good part of the population can't still get a PS5 and they're not going to bring it to PC for quite a little bit or to release a game and make a crazy ton of money and then release an enhanced edition and they can make a crazy ton of money and then eventually release it on PlayStation, uh, PC and get a crazy ton of money. I think it all kind of harkens back. Everything that they do that isn't PS5 centric designed for the PS5 at its core in mind is always going to have that a feel and I'm not going to blame them for it. I'm going to blame their marketing team when they announced the PlayStation 5 because they mismarketed it and they made a mistake and they're going to pay for that mistake a little bit. Not like it's not going to be the, the thing that puts them into second place, but it's going to be the mistake that comes back each and every time you see any high-profile game from them. I have a lot of respect for Sony, but when they did that, and when they had to have been walking it back this whole generation, I think it's clear that they were like, oh man, like we gave Microsoft uh, a way to kind of embarrass us each and every each and every big release. I'm, I'm so glad you took that position because I 100% disagree with you. That's fine. <laughs> so we'll actually have a disagreement on the podcast, which is rare. <laughs> I, I went and read the interview with the We Believe in Generations thing, and I mm-hmm. think a lot of it got ripped out of context because even in that interview, he talked about how they were going to have to continue to support the PS4 for a time. Like, he's, he, you have to, you kind of have to take it in context. Like, in that interview, he establishes that there will be a continued delivery of games to PS4 for a while. Like, they, he, he even mentions, like, we had at the time he did the interview, I think it was like 110, 115 million 
PS4s in circulation. And he made the point, it's like, we can't just immediately turn our back on yeah. these people, right? So I, I think too many people maybe rip that. I actually, even if you read the interview, it gets interpreted by the journalist as meaning, oh, that means we're going forward with just PS5. And it's like, that's not really what he said. And we're going to get a whopping two games that are first-party cross-gen. Horizon and God of War. That's it. After this, Spider-Man is officially announced as, like, that's the first one they are leaving behind PS4. So I I think they've handled the cross-generational divide very well with, especially with how well, you know, God of War and Horizon did. It, it makes sense to say, hey, all those PS4 users are really going to want to be able to buy the sequel and the demand problems they've had, supply problems they've had with PS5. I, and, and the other thing we have to consider is what Mike said. Mike's right. I mean, when they started designing God of War, they were using the the 2018 engine and assets because that that game was ahead of its time to a certain degree. There was an article about how Sony developers were begging Sony to let them put games on PC because that PS4 was holding a lot of those games back. If you look at God of War and Days Gone as examples, it's, it's very clear. These games were well ahead of what those consoles could do. So yeah, I actually disagree. I don't think they've mishandled the way that this 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 generation launched i do think expectations got vastly shattered by all of the supply problems which nobody could foresee i don't think microsoft or sony could have had their no, marketing no, on. i don't think their marketing could have been like well we well we might run into a massive global shortage of chips <laughs> like and I, I the these two titles were always going to be cross gen i think I, I like i don't i don't see horizon and god of war being just like, oh, these are going to be PS5. I definitely think they wanted to have these ready to move the PS5 because they, you know, they went through their own delays because the the voice actor Christopher Judge had a back injury and that pushed God of War back quite a bit. And then Horizon, I think, even internally with working from home and all that, it, its timelines got pushed back. So it, I, I I don't feel the same way about this. It would have okay. been absolutely uh, terrible if if PlayStation. They also restocked the old systems too right they, i think they put another 10 million in circulation or something like that when the when the, the whole thing was going on but if god of war was just on playstation let's just say it was on playstation 4 right and they they weren't bringing it to playstation 5 yet right well sales for play uh, for for like their first party titles when they first come out they're like 5 million 8 million out of 116 yeah. million people that own a playstation you're only getting 5 to 8 million well now half that play well not Half of the player base, because the people that bought the PlayStation 5 are the are the diehards, right? They want the first-party titles. Mm-hmm, well, if they yeah. move over to the PlayStation 5 and they're like, oh, yeah, God of War is not on PlayStation 5. It's on PlayStation 4. Uh, half, at least half, of your 5 to 8 million people that bought it day one are going to be on the new platform that can't buy it. And they're not going to buy it for the old system because either they traded it in or, you know what I mean? So they're like, we got to make it for the old people because they're still bought half of the people because it takes about two to three years for people to start switching over to the next generation console that's always been the thing when the new nintendo came out or the new genesis came out or the new whatever came out it takes about two years two to three years to people to move over to the next gen console and then even after that majority of that is then waiting five years six years before they buy the next system right so yeah when you talk about early adopters etc i see chat um i seems like i think the impression that i'm getting from chat is that i'm saying that they were going to abandon ps4 or that uh, they were going to stop supporting PS4 and not saying that at all no. by any means. Uh, but what I am saying is part of the evidence that I present uh, to make my points, like I feel like my points are valid, are that 
okay, go ahead and upgrade your PS4 game on your PS5. Tell me how many steps it takes. Tell me how much work it has to be and why that becomes a new story every time something like this happens. Um, yeah, God of War design. They didn't even probably have the full specs for the PS5. That's why I said, I don't, it doesn't concern me whatsoever. But when they do sit down to design a PS5 game, first and foremost, that was what makes me excited. Like that's where, when it comes down to it, that's where I'm very interested to see game design wise that's going to happen. But I still stand by what like Sony, regardless of how it was interpreted, the expectations end up being that people are going to look at God of War on a PS5 and they're going to say, this doesn't feel next gen enough. Whose fault is that? I mean, A, the gamer who's sitting here setting the expectations, but Sony, I think, misaligned that. They they set this expectation. Even Lono, in his disagreement of me, which sounds more like we're in agreement on a lot of things, admits that he doesn't know if it was announced. Like, did they even say? They just announced God of War. They weren't saying anything. And then the internet went crazy with its own speculation. And thus, there are going to be people who buy the game on PS5 and they're going to feel like it's not a PS5 game. So that's, to my point, that's where I feel like I'm making my points are valid based off of that you know that's what's gonna that's how it's gonna play out the fact that they've already labeled this the dlc like it, it in and of itself is like that's that ties back to that that quote of them talking about generations and i think that could have been much better handled and that's where they gave microsoft an edge because every time one of these stories comes out like you look at microsoft's like we got smart delivery we've already we've already figured out you just buy the game it's not mattering of whether there's a four or a three or microsoft's dumbass naming system with an x or a Y or a C, like whatever, like it's just it just handles it for you. And I do hope that Sony gets into that aspect where you can purchase that that game, et cetera, and it, it can it can work across. Because like to the point, like will there be a Halo game that only is Xbox Series X compatible? Maybe they drop the you know the Series you know B or <laughs> the Series S, but it's like yeah, at some point, like and that that's the natural aspect of it. But when you have a history, like we have a history. I remember a clear difference between this SNES and the N64. I don't think gamers are going to experience that kind of jump in terms of video game fidelity, at least until we start getting into quantum computing, uh, you know, or something like that. And that's that's just not like the the the, the jumps are going to be more gradual, and it ends up yeah. being driven into services, and it ends up being into how does everything kind of how does it work together? One of the things that I think my my PS5 controller works on PS4, correct? I think that's one thing that I, I think Sony it does not. PS4 no. works on PS5. I don't think, I don't think either. I have no idea. I don't think either do that because I remember asking like, can I play co-op games? I don't have. I didn't have two dual senses yet, and I I had an extra PS4 controller. And people were like, no, it's not compatible because they might have, they might have been wrong. But that's what I was told. People were like, no, it's not compatible. You can't you can't go through, mm-hmm. you can't go forward or backwards with them. Um, I, okay, that's a bummer. I thought I thought they were that. I guess that works on PC. Again, PC is the better place to play, guys. Come on. <laughs> I'm 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 struggling to understand. I, I'm not I'm not grappling with your position very well. This might be my fault. Okay. You said they labeled it as DLC. Who labeled God of War Ragnarok as DLC? They like the internet trolls. Yeah. The oh, community. oh oh. You were saying the, they. The you said yeah. they, and it sounded like you were referring to Sony. I was like, what in the world? Oh, okay. No, no. So the yeah, second sorry. question I, I have hopefully be clear is that like internet they Sony Sony. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Now now my second point of clarification. So when you're you're faulting Sony for saying we believe in generations, so you think people and interpret- then clawing it back. 
Where did they clawing it back? Where did they claw it back with the launch of the PS5? Literally, like three, like just like where Microsoft and the Xbox One, like, oh, we're gonna have always online, and then they clawed that back, like after like a month. Like Sony, after they did that announcement leading up to the PS5, all of a sudden you start seeing things being like, oh, and it's also we're also gonna bring that to PlayStation 4. Like all of a sudden it was like this is launching, and then they started bringing it uh, back, and that's essentially the story of the last two years. For but I don't. And I, I don't understand. That's not. A, that's not a clawback because they literally in the very interview you're taking the quote from. He said they were going to continue to support the PS4 with games. That doesn't. That doesn't make any sense. As, to, to interpret that as a clawback doesn't make any sense because he says in that interview we're going to continue to have games on PS4. It's not when you rip it out of context, sure, and you headline hunt. That's what a lot of the people did. A lot of YouTubers right, grab that. But- no, no, no. I'm not ripping out of context. Like essentially, where they said this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to put on the system. And then, oh, we're going to also... It's saying that something's going to be something on the PlayStation 5, and that's what you're going to sell it off of. And then three months later, go and say, okay, we're going to to go ahead and bring this uh, to the PS4. That isn't... I wouldn't classify that as we're going to continue to support the PS4 and fall under that label. I would say like, oh, we, we need to go ahead and do this. And that's like that's not necessarily a bad thing, but I call that a call uh, a clawback for sure. But them continuing to make games for PlayStation Four isn't also a contradiction to them saying we believe in generations because they continue and have continued to support hell the PS Three for years after. So like, so is like Nintendo. Like you can you have these this aspect having believing in generations is uh, the statement which how that I've like when I watch these events and how I watch the launch unfold. Them then going and realizing. Oh man, like I think probably maybe it's a, in part of the the hardware uh, shortage, but them ultimately coming and saying like, okay, yes, we're going to start bringing some of these things and making sure that they're across. Where originally that didn't sound like that was their plan, and maybe I'm misunderstanding it, but like I've that- seen, like, and I would say like from when they la- announced that aspect to before even the launch, all of a sudden some of that that conversation got soft. There also was a leadership changeover right at that same time. Right, but the but the interview in question with Jim Ryan, when he says we believe in generations, when he goes into the specifics of what they're going to be doing, he actually does make it clear they'll continue to launch things on PS4. So the statement we believe in generations is that's not there's no specificity there. It doesn't say anything. It just says we believe in generations, and he talks about what the generational shift will look like, which would include cross generationally supported games right but the specification of them just saying like this is ps5 and then all of a sudden it's like oh now it's also ps4 that doesn't but that's, contradict no see exactly no now thing. you're misquoting the interview that's not what he said he doesn't say i'm not that. quoting the interview i'm quoting what we were when we watched them do the announcement and then them walk through it and then over the course of the next six months so there's an announcement where they said back. that everything would be ps5 yeah, when they announced no, no, not that they said everything would be as fast. I'm not saying that they said everything will be PS5. No, I'm did, saying that. Go ahead. They did, they did say a couple of games were going to be just play. I mean, because they were selling the PlayStation 5, right? So mm-hmm. the initial announcement they did say, like Miles Morales, they did say was only PlayStation 5. And, and then is like it on PS4 later, now? And then two weeks later, they did come back on that and say it's on PlayStation 4. But they, they, they did hype it up on PlayStation 5. Yeah, but that and has nothing to do with... No, but no, that, no, no. that's exactly that is exactly has everything to do with. Yeah, the, that's exactly what he's saying. That has nothing yeah. to do with we believe in generations because that interview had nothing to do with that. That had already happened. The Miles I don't Morales know the, thing had already happened. I, I don't know about the, the 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 interview, but what I'm saying is they did say officially that that game was only for that system, and then they came back and 
I was like, because I remember having podcasts about it. I was like, I was like, that game is coming out on PlayStation Four, one hundred percent. I was like, because there's not going to be enough people buying it on the PlayStation Five. All their all their fans are on PlayStation Four still. I was like, they're going to put it on PlayStation Four, and then a couple weeks later, they did announce they're like, oh, and it's coming to PlayStation Four. But they wanted to see how many people were going to go buy a PlayStation Five because. But then we had the supply issues. Then we had the coup. Then we had all this other stuff happen. So well, you lots, also had leadership change. Like you have leadership yeah. changeover. So it's like there's a lot of things that happen within just the span of six months from them announcing it to them also looking at like, wait a minute. And it's not, I'm not talking about the technology. I'm t- like game design, I hope that for PlayStation, for Xbox, we can get to a point where that hardware spec is raised. And that's where I think a lot of people will actually see what they're hoping for. But there's no way a PS5 game right now that's been in development for any period of time is going to be really fully taking advantage of that. Just same thing why what you see right now, especially within PlayStation, one of the things like, to praise them for something they do. Look at uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Look at some of the games that come out at the end of the life cycle of the PlayStation that push the four to unimaginable limits. PS5 won't be fully realized. So for those who are looking for that really next-gen experience, like, interestingly enough, it comes towards the end of the next-gen experience when all of a sudden they start talking about the PS6. That's where you're going to see that. But that's he, 30's right. That's what exactly what I'm talking about. It's like when them saying like this is PS5. Not I'm not saying and or that we believe in generations means we're cutting off PS4. No, by all means, I'm not saying they're wrong for bringing bringing Miles Morales to the PS4. What I'm saying is that you can cl- see a clear run up. And one of the things that and why I call it a clawback is that when they say that this is PS5, this is for you guys on the PS5, and that it's the same thing with uh, Final Fantasy 16. Like it, and it'll be interesting. Will it come out to PC day and date, or do they lock that down to PS5? It's great that it's PS5. There's even rumors that it's coming to PS4. I personally hope that it does not come to PS4, that it's PS5 and up, because that's going to help them in their game design. But when they say, hey, it's PS5, and then, as, you know, whatever period of time, it could be two weeks, it could be two months, and then it's like, oh, yeah, and here it is um, on, on PS4. Like, just be just be honest with people and even if it's a timed exclusive to ps5 like oh, yeah. that's fun but that, i call that a clawback that's how i how i view it and i it's but, the right call but it's like i wish that they were more or less like no that's in ps5 if they I, were going to sit here and say that yeah i eugene saying he just watched the miles announcement it doesn't say anything about ps5 only i think we're getting lost in the weeds there because i don't remember okay. that either i remember them saying oh, hey, it's going to be available on PS4 now because originally the marketing only had PS5 emblazoned on it, but I don't think it said PS5 yeah. only. And it's probably a marketing issue. I don't... My, I, maybe I'm on edge because every time I hear people frame this, they frame it as if Jim Ryan lied. You know, they weren't honest. Yeah. When the market shifted on them and they... they had to change. And they had to change because I know Gran Turismo did change as well. They were originally... That was going to be a PS5 exclusive. There's like a trailer that says that. And then they had mm-hmm. to walk that okay. one back, right? But yeah. when we frame it as a like a oh they walked it back or they misled the community or they're dishonest, I'm always like, well, hey, wait, hang on a second. The the very interview that we believe in generations came from established a continuation of cross generational support, and if we're not going to allow for supply chain issues to allow a company to adjust its marketing, like, and I'm having trouble drawing a straight line between your. It is true that things did come out and then suddenly were on PS4, the two games that we consider Miles and GT. I'm having a trouble drawing a straight line between that and 
why people are going to feel like God of War Ragnarok is not next gen. I don't, I'm not seeing the logic connection there. Well, because they're like, it is, I mean, it's from a 4K, etc. I think a lot of people have expectations. So on to answer that question, this isn't a Sony thing. This is a gamer thing. People are going to have expectations that aren't even practical. Like the question is, is what is, what is next gen then mean and everybody will have a thousand different definitions so you'll end up seeing people chasing cloud or trying to get attention or be upset because it didn't do whatever one of the things we know it won't because it was designed to be able to be cross-gen is the fact that like when they show off loading screens like one of the things that sony has especially it's like insane fast hard drives right from a game design perspective like when you start thinking about all the hallways you would walk through in PS4 and 360 and PS3 games, like that's to mask all the loading that's going on behind the scenes. But then they show it off with uh, Ratchet and Clank and boom, like when you just rift through things and all of a sudden you're in the next level, like that gives them so much power and so much ability. Like what would a God of War look like if that had that, that technology? So I want you wonder if somebody's going to sit here and start to have that. Now, the question that would be, I would ask to you guys then is that, do you see a DLC that is Ragnarok PS5 only that would then be able to take advantage of that uh, of that core uh, design? I don't. They, they, go ahead. Go, go ahead. Thirty. No, no. You go. You go. You go. Because you've been quiet. I I will say no because, and this is this is one of the debates we've been in a lot of like was was Ragnarok held back and I've always said it could have only been held back if we weren't getting it when we're getting it. Like, if they were going to build it for PS5 only, we wouldn't get it for another two years because they would have had to hold back development. They would have had to wait to start building it because the dev kits weren't out. Given that, the reason I'm saying that is that's the context for the entire, like, sort of, like, architecture and foundation of the game then is they took the 2018 assets and engine. They even said when they ported the game to PC, when they ported God of War 2018 to PC... There was an interview where this lady said, we actually changed some of our pipelines and development structure for Ragnarok. They learned some things when they brought it to PC, which mm-hmm. that when we read that, we were like, oh man, Sony's ramping up for PC ports because they made changes in Ragnarok because of the 2018 PC port. So yeah. all of that sets the stage in my mind for the architecture and foundation of this game won't really allow for that. You're not going to be like, oh, there's a DLC for Ragnarok and it does something that you can only do on the PS5. Like, I think the thing they're going to drive with Ragnarok is 4K, haptic mm-hmm. feedback, 3D audio, 60 FPS, and they may go into details about lighting. They did that with Horizon Forbidden West. The cinematic lighting that they use in the cutscenes, they use in the entire game when you play it on PS5. So Forbidden yeah. West got that extra bump. So typically, I think most people are looking for next-gen right now, at least this is what I'm doing based on the marketing, Load times, resolution, frame rate, and lighting. Those are like the four yeah. things. Let's throw in let's throw in audio because the, the what's the what's the priority? Because like I would say, like my highest priority that I value on a next gen is frame rate and same, the, uh, over resolution. Like, give me that smooth frame rate, whether it's sixty, but keep it. Don't let it dip below that. And then essentially, like I don't care if the resolution is dynamic resolution. Like, keep that frame rate locked. And then, yeah, I think you hit the the nail on the head. Um, the other thing I would say in terms of it, the one thing I'd add, just based off of the games that I generally spend more time with, is internet and uh, connectivity. Like, how is it social features where you could say, like, uh, you know, Death Stranding with this asynchronous multiplayer side of things, like being able to integrate different things like that. But that's obviously wouldn't make sense in every single game possible. But I do look at that as a next-gen feature as the as these systems get more powerful and allow for 
whether it's social or not doesn't necessarily matter. Yeah. Real quick. I yeah, I want 30 up, to weigh in on the question. I, I just want to bring up two things, right? June 11th of 2020, I found two articles. One is from The Gamer that says that Spider-Man Miles Morales will be launching on PlayStation 5 exclusive before the end of 2020. And then CNN Business also said that Sony confirmed that CNN Business that Spider-Man Miles Morales will be a PlayStation 5 exclusive. This is 100%. This is 100% <laughs> what they said when it came out when they announced it, right? Now, I don't know if it was from the press conference of the Sony thing or whatever, but the media that gets out to people said Miles Morales PlayStation 5 exclusive. And people read these things and then that's how it goes out. Now, I don't know Pick and choose what you want, but it was said, it was official that they said it was a PlayStation 5 exclusive. As far as the the God of War, if they made it just a PlayStation 5 exclusive, they would have to do exactly what Lono said, where they would have to delay it because just like Ratchet and Clank, it was literally built on the technology of what the system was. And if God of War was going to do that, then you're not going to see God of War Ragnarok for two more years, right? Mm -hmm, because right. That, that, that's, that's, so there's no way it was made for PlayStation 5. Now, if all the moons align and we didn't have the two years of everyone stay in your house and the supply chains and everything else, we could have a completely different story, but we're not Probably. fortune tellers and, you know, time travelers. Well, so we they, they couldn't, I, I don't want to make, I want to be clear. Like, I'm not faulting them for changing overall. Like, they needed to. I think essentially what happened is that beyond the the pandemic that when that's why competition's also good you start seeing like hey microsoft's doing this thing over here people kind of memeing on it and then all of a sudden it's like that's that's actually not a bad strategy especially in that gap we're still going to support ps4 so them bringing those games back i think is the right call but that's where i label that but 30 under the question though of ragnarok having some kind of dlc a couple years from now or whatever that is only ps5 like do we when do we start getting to that point where like it makes I, more sense to say like I, this is ps5 forward i don't think you could uh for dlc if, if it was a different game like if it was like a if it wasn't ragnarok and it was like a, a pvp game or something along the lines of that and then they came out with an expansion to that pvp game they could say this point forward hey who did that i think bungie did that with their game we're like we're not supporting this game on this system anymore and they just moved to the next system right because of that so if it was a, a game that was multiplayer, sure, a single player, then drop DLC. I don't see that happening. I'm not going to say it's not going to happen, but I don't see that happening where all of a sudden you buy the game on PlayStation 4 and then all of a sudden they say, oh, DLC is coming out and it's only on PlayStation 5. That, I think, would be held for the next God of War game, whatever that is, God of War 3. Then they say, hey, it's only on the next gen, right? And then you mm -hmm. can't, can't buy the next game until you get the next console. Yeah, the Spider-Man 2 is supposed to be that turn. That's the hinge turn, is no yeah. no more PS4, and the, the ramp up and the first quarter of next year is supposed to really, really help get PS5s out there. You, They're even a little bit easier to snag now with the bundles that are coming out. There was a Ragnarok bundle, there's a Call of Duty bundle that you can snag, and that's been helping people get them. When I got my second one, I got in queue... For, uh, for, uh, for a Horizon Forbidden West bundle and that's how I got it because there's people that don't want the bundles and they'll avoid them because they see that extra $50 and they're like oh I don't, you know I'm not going to want it so it's a little bit easier uh, to snag them so I, I do think that this is the hinge turn now Ginger touched on it I, I don't know if we're going to see games on the PS5 that let's say in 3 or 4 years Wolverine finally launches by Insomniac mm. 
are we going to be able to look oh. are we going to be able to look at Wolverine and say this is so much better than Ragnarok is there going to be a noticeable chasm of difference because my contention has been that these systems are already getting tapped pretty pretty heavily like I think Ragnarok and Forbidden West are going to take things very close to the ceiling now I think there's features and bells and whistles they'll start to add in to these games on PS5 but if you look at the Spider-Man port to PC when they tried to add like ray tracing and 4K and all this stuff you have to have an insanely strong computer to run the Spider-Man port with all those bells and whistles which to me states those are computers that are stronger than the PS5 and they're struggling to throw all that great stuff in I'm, I'm curious what do you guys think do you think there's this there's this theory that we haven't really tapped the full power of these consoles. I'm like, I think we're pretty doggone close if I'm honest. I would I fall under I don't think we've fully tapped the power. We're PS5, Xbox Series X4, you know, like you know, I think we've tapped PS4. Like I think we know that that system. Sure. The reason I would argue this is that while I'm somebody like I I believe in player choice. I believe I that's what chat was asking me like why do I like I would attack Xbox, you know, fanboys just as hard as I attack PlayStation fanboys because I believe in player choice. Like play where you want, right? Like that's that's what I my mantra. I but I understand the counter arguments. When it comes down to the the power though of the console, I think consoles do two things really well. One is they give you a fair entry price and a product that I think is pretty you know is decent, right? If you want a premier premier experience, you're going to be spending. That's where it goes from five hundred to thousands of dollars. They had to have a PC that can really deliver what I feel a console does on a budget. The other thing a console does, though, is it has a with within its components from a de- game design perspective, it makes it so much easier to design for the hardware as opposed to when you level it up to PC, you have so many wider ranges of specs, right? So Sony bringing it Spider-Man to the, the PC, all of a sudden it's like, what's our min spec that we want to support and what's our max spec? You end up having a lot more variability, which can be a challenge. And so when, if I say, I just want you to focus in on this and here are all your, here here's the limits. In a way, art is actually, can be made beautiful by those restrictions and those limits and you find unique and interesting ways to tackle them. All of a sudden, you remove those limits, and it actually can pose a lot new, a lot of challenges. So, I think when it comes to PS5 and Series X, I think one of the things that we really have yet to see is that what is that design forward? And then the real question really isn't, is it you know going to be worth it? It's like, is it even going to be fun when you all of a sudden can sit here and stop loading hallways, and you could have like that you know ratchet and clank experience where it's like whatever that ends up looking like, because this, this is a very ethereal what I'm talking about whatever that ends up looking like then the question is was that even fun <laughs> like right. you know what was that even fun because if it's not fun then it's not going to make it but all of a sudden is there going to be that inflection point i saw chad also sounding off about that as well that all of a sudden you're like i can't see games actually going backwards when when a game stop like doesn't have this and it doesn't do this then i'm just not interested otherwise all we're going to see within generations ends up just being better frame rate faster load times you know, and then you're you're looking at more service driven model at that point uh, within gaming. Anyway, that's that's my I, thought. I, I saw someone say about Cyberpunk 2077 that it, they were they were doing that. I guess with the DLC. Well, Cyberpunk 2077 had no business being on the 
old gen mm. consoles. Okay. So clearly they had no, no, they did that for, for money grab or, or whatnot. And uh, this is not me hating on CD project red. It's just, that's what they did. I, I warned people. I said, do not get this game for the old system. I said, you have to get a new system to, to play that game. Another thing, as far as the, the supply chain and stuff with the, is, did we hit the tap uh, or not the supply chain, but did we hit the, the top of the, the systems? I don't think so. I think with Epic's unreal engine, Mm. Uh, Unreal Engine 5, what they're doing with that engine and what these games look like, I think they could take, if we're at the top, Lono, I think this Unreal Engine 5 brings it back down to give them more leeway to do more things and to make games better, right? Like the technology of what Unreal's doing, it, I, I think is un, it's uncanny of what they can do, right? So I think as far as with the Unreal Engine 5, it could potentially get a lot more out of these systems i mean hence why witcher and cyberpunk they're all switching engines and then uh splitgate uh, their developer they there's decided that the day before they decided to switch so a lot of these game companies uh, or developers are switching to the unreal engine 5 you have talks of halo even switching to 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 halo i mean to unreal you know what i mean yeah. like yeah, there's a lot going that's, on that's insane if that so if they do that that would be yeah. why would my mind would be blown because anyway yeah go ahead yeah so basically i think i don't think we're at the top of these things i think okay. uh, i think there are games that are at the top because mm -hmm. of their engine they're limited mm -hmm. by the engine itself but i think other games are like holy christ did you see what we can do with this we can get and i don't know dev talk like, well we can get this megapixels or whatever out out more or whatever these voxels or whatever and there'll be more leeway for them to do stuff so i think we're still a good five six years with this system and then obviously well five six years of the life cycle but within the next three years they'll already announce the next the next uh consoles or whatever the next technology is okay now that that's 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 a discussion we've had quite a bit in in my streams i've said listen i i'm not I'm not seeing a lot of room here. You know, when I looked at the the, the specs on what you the the PC you needed to make Spider-Man look that great on PC, I was like, oh my gosh, the, the the PlayStation's not that strong, right? The PS5 is not that strong. So you know, UE5 could uh, squeeze a little bit more. The question then would be, what about everybody else? Everybody else using in-house right. engines like Insomniac's using their in-house engine, Gorilla, and uh, you know, games like Death Stranding and stuff are uh, using the same engines. So it'd be interesting to see what they're able to do. And I, I, people get so tired of me bringing this up, but as you guys were both talking, I just keep thinking of the Series S. It's like we have... Oh, it's, it, yeah, it's a catalyst, man. It's holding it back. It's holding the whole generation back. I, I think when Phil Spencer said that you could play Halo across all platforms, it's like, that's the dumbest thing ever, right? Because you, you only have to make it as good for the least common denominator, which is Xbox One. Yep. Right. And, yeah. and it's still running. So forget the S. The Xbox One is still holding some games back because of they want to keep it on there. Well, and we we've gotten to that debate quite a bit because God of War Ragnarok was meant to land at the same time as like Starfield, and we just looked at the big Starfield update. It actually, looked really good. I thought. I thought the dialogue persuasion system they outlined and showcased in that interview with Todd was dope. But I've continued to say that I'm like. This game looks like they're really going to push the Series X to its limit. What's that poor S going to be able to do? You know, and, and what you guys were just talking about with the Unreal 5 engine and all these engines, if they're really going to want to squeeze as much as they can out of these systems, how, what's a developer going to feel when it looks at what it needs to do 
with the S. You're like if you're if you're trying to do everything you can to make these games look better, like what like what you know Ginger was saying is like we've we're always wanting to see that thing pushed. Well, I I don't know. I'm very curious in in where the S fits into that situation because for a while the Nintendo Switch was always the system what we considered was kind of like there's no way that's going to land on there, which is generally true. If you look at a lot of the really good games that have launched in the last, you know, 3 or 4 years, they skipped the S. I mean, even a, a Hogwarts still doesn't have a launch date on this Nintendo Switch because they're probably dealing with optimization, I would imagine. And right. They really want to launch on the Switch because it's Harry Potter and the Switch market saturation is incredible, but yeah. that, that the Switch <laughs> is a very weak system. I, I played Microsoft Flight Sim with my son on his S, and when you play it just on that, you're like, ah, oh, it's pretty good. It looks pretty good. But then when you go to the X and start playing Flight Sim, you're like, holy Christ, this is a huge difference. But then when you go on the PC, you're like, holy Christ, this is a huge... You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> you can't tell. It's like when you go to Best Buy and look at all the 4K TVs, and they're like this one's this and they, they show you the blur of the old table you're like i didn't watch blurry tv they 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 have to optimize the for, for that for that television it looks better but you can't compare unless you're sitting next to each other and going if you're just playing a 720 you're like wow it looks good but then you go to see a 1080 and you're like oh no that's crap this is good and you're like oh 2k 4k 8k it's the same thing if, if you're next to each other you're going to notice a difference but if you're just enjoying what it is you're like oh this is this is pretty cool that's it. Now, and that's one of the strengths, actually, as a part of marketing. Uh, and like, I don't have hands-on experience with it, but from what I've heard from other devs, is that actually Unreal Engine 5 allows for more scalability across platforms. So that way, you're not having to spend so much work trying to fit that square peg in that round hole. And so one of the strengths of that is that we talk about like cross-generation as a weakness. That could also be a weakness of systems and how game design uh, structures and workflow actually go to where like you know if you're fine with running this game on your phone well there's your phone experience don't expect a ps5 experience right you know like uh but as long as essentially the phone then it comes into the there is that design aspect from hardware that i bring up that we show we've seen with ratchet and clank in terms of like oh ps5 can load in assets so you can easily transition to a level like as in warping from one place to the other i think that would that was something that was truly impressive and it's interesting because like obviously ratchet and clank has uh has value but it isn't something like a call of duty it isn't something that you're like it's in you know like it isn't like the Fortnite where like oh yeah this is printing billions of dollars but it's only printing billions of dollars here like it ends up being that gaming still is also still a lowest common denominator by the masses casuals make up the greatest majority and the early adopters are the ones who pay more for that and usually don't benefit as much from that but we need them we need them running in through those lines buying up those ps5s you know buying up those uh graphics cards <laughs> maybe not <laughs> i, I want to build a bridge to mike's topic because i want to talk about gotham but on the subject of god of war and looking next gen just today we watched another dead space gameplay reveal and I'm getting a lot of flack because I was really looking forward to this re- this remake, and I, I still am. I still think it's going to be fun to play. I think people that grew up playing this are going to be absolutely thrilled with it, but the more I've looked at it, the more I've been disappointed because I got more excited when I saw the $70 price point and that it was next-gen only. And then when I watched the trailers and really looked with a critical eye... I saw all kinds of things that don't look and feel like a next-gen remake. It feels like something that I could have run on a PS4. Now, obviously on the PS4, it would have probably run at 30 FPS, but I'm seeing graphical fidelity that doesn't seem 
like I'm getting $70 worth. Essentially, what I said today is when you price something at 70 and say it's next-gen only, you're putting it on the top shelf, and I expect top-shelf performance and graphics. Where do you guys land on that? Because that is something I'm really going to bring up during the Gotham Knights discussion because I'm saying similar things about it. So as a transition to Gotham... In this Dead Space discussion, when you see $70 and you see remake, that's another aspect of this, it's a remake, and you see next-gen only, I'm going to go to Mike first. Am am I way out in left field in this? Am I being too picky? Or is this, you know, where where do you land on on the expectation set by that price point in that category? Yes, you're being picky. Good night. No, um, uh, (laughs) the, 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 I don't think you're being picky, but it's also like everyone's different, right? And right now, $70 price tag has just started. Like a true $70, not not the Call of Duty or whatever game that you pre-ordered for $120, right? Like right. just the game, regular regular $70 game. There's only been a few, right? So we know what a $60 game is and what we expect from a $60 game. So are you, I'm asking, are you looking at the $70 and going, I want like 10% more better graphics. Like what are you looking for that extra $10? Because we don't know what a $70 game is supposed to be yet. Right? Like for instance, like we can imagine what a $70, like Grand Theft Auto six comes out. That's a $70 game, right? Because Grand Theft Auto is just what we know from the past is going to be worth the $70 that they give us. Right. We would hope, right. Cyberpunk was supposed to be that, next game that were like holy christ that's that's what it was but it, <laughs> but if we're just talking console 70 dollars, right because i can go buy the same game on pc for cheaper and, and have a better experience graphic wise so on console 70 dollars game what are you looking for like uh what percent better for what gameplay the 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 systems the graphics like what are you what are you looking at so i think there's a standard that other games have set right now so right. I took I took issue with The Last of Us Part 1 being priced at 70 because I thought that's kind of weird you have a remake at the same price as God of War Ragnarok and then I played it and I said I take I take that back because this game had the full weight of like a AAA studio thrown at it and it feels like a brand new next gen AAA title the only thing right. that didn't feel next gen was some of the movement so I believe there's an industry standard there's a bar that's kind of already been set I, I look at Returnal next-gen only title i look at ratchet and clank and then i look at the last of us part one i would even include horizon forbidden west in there on ps5 and if you're falling below that then you're not in the category you're 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 claiming you're in the category but you're not because these things i think are are fairly observable just in gameplay trailers so that's that's how i would frame it okay i i mean i agree with you like i don't i don't think remake should be the full Seventy dollars price tag, right? And I'll bring up Miles Morales again, right? Miles Morales was when it came out, they wanted to charge full price, but they said, no, no, let's charge fifty, but let's give them the other Spider-Man game on top of that, so you're getting two games and you're getting seventy, right? And you're like, wow, that's that's definitely worth the seventy dollars, right? And that was the like the testing ground of what seventy dollars gives you, right? Because if you're a first-time buyer on a PlayStation Five and you bought Miles Morales for $70, you got Miles Morales and Spider-Man, and I believe, quote me if I'm wrong, chat, didn't you get the DLCs along with that, with uh, with Black Cat and all them uh, inside that? It was like the whole bundle, wasn't it, of the of the first game plus Miles Morales? Or was it just the main game and Miles Morales? I th- I think so. Either is a steal, so I don't know, right. but I, either is right. a great deal. 
right? So if you're a brand new you're a, if you're a brand new player on PlayStation Five and you bought Spider Man and you got Miles Morales and Spider Man with the DLCs, that's a hell of a deal for seventy dollars. Then you look at Last of Us and you're like, is that that's a remake? Yeah, they did a lot of work to it and stuff, but is it is it worth seventy dollars? Then you're now you're looking at the other games. Is Gotham? I'll be I I want to play. I'm playing Gotham, but that when I say it's seventy dollars, I'm like, ugh. $70 is it worth $70 like that that hits me I'm like it's only 10 extra dollars right it's, it's two cups of coffee as someone will say in chat it's only two cups of coffee if you can't afford two cups of coffee you shouldn't be playing games right so I I, I look at certain games it all depends what it is if it's a if it's an open world survival if it's a single player action adventure is it a is it exclusive for one one console and not the other I don't know man it's 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 all over the place as far as is it worth $70 I don't think any remake should be $70. But then I also shouldn't have paid $80 in 1984 for Yara's Revenge, but that's what the price was, right? You know what I mean? So each their own, like the graphics back then and all the stuff that then, if you want a game, that's what it cost. And if they're raising the price of the gaming, they're going to test the waters out, man. I mean, they're 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 charging for remakes $70 and then they're bringing new games out for $70 and they're bringing broken games that are not finished and they're charging $70 and you have to wait like Todd Howard says, it's not how you release, it's how it ends up or whatever, right? <laughs> and so he's charging seventy dollars, and I don't know. It's just a, it's a, it's a different, it's a different way. So I don't think you're being too picky. I don't. I think, I, I think because you're a gamer, you're looking at what you get for your value of time. What's the stats as far as like, is it four K? Does it run at sixty frames? Can I run at one hundred twenty frames? Is it ray tracing? All this stuff is it, if it if it makes the game run better and look better then maybe it's worth $70. But if you're getting these hiccups and all these problems and it's looking the exact same or looking a little down, then no, it's not worth $70. And hence why you don't buy it day one. Hmm. For me, when I hear gamers complain about $70 and at the same time complain about free to play, I, I just don't care. Like, I'm just <laughs> like, like, grow up. Like, this is the price of entry this is the cost and you can wait and generally yeah. speaking if it's not nintendo that price will come down and when it comes down to gaming it has gotten cheaper and cheaper and cheaper over the last 20 30 years right like for what you get like i'm i don't know like i want to try and appreciate it and as somebody who gets frustrated by the free-to-play model specifically and how how much money the free to play is like i'm just like all right like w w games can't be free and they can't be paid paid for w what's the what's the course what's the case argument right you know like playstation had to release 70 dollars games so they could put the ps5 at a competitive price point with the get with what xbox was willing to lose per console and that's why they did that so they could make that up on the 30 percent game over game sale uh, to, to help account for that. I don't care if it's 70. They they should charge 100. Games should be 100 or 120. But they're not. They're coming at this price and they're hoping to get as m much volume as it is. $70, considering that my my eggs and I've watered been been watering down my milk all summer, like I'm not a buying the $70 game. That's that's another problem. You know, at some point you raise that price to what I said to 100 and 120 and people just stop buying games altogether. You make less yeah. money. Yeah. But right. That's what Sony needed to do so that they could be competitive at a hardware level. And that doesn't mean that you need another feature. Like, I'm surprised that 
it took us this long to get to a seventy dollar price point. So, <laughs> so when you see when you see a game come into the market at a higher price point and also only next gen, that that doesn't does that modify your expectations at all? Because I don't have a problem with the seventy dollar price point either. I've tried to educate people on the fact that like when I bought Nintendo cartridges for sixty or seventy dollars, I was spending the equivalent of a hundred to one hundred and ten bucks. Yeah. Like we're we're paying right. less. And then I said, no, you know, yeah. compare Ocarina of Time to Breath of the Wild. Like, you spent more back then for a smaller game. Like, Breath of the Wild now is, like, a thousand times the size of that game. So, the question, though, for me is, when you look at the market, Ginger, and you're like, okay, this game's 70 next-gen only, does that do anything to your expectations before seeing the game? Now, how I approach my games, like, if I'm going to spend $70 on a game, or $60, or $120, because I've bought some $120 editions before, on the price that says i want to get at least 70 hours of fun out of this game not features not like i would like it to have a solid locked in frame rate like these are things that i would like but i'm not going to sit here and say like the 10 extra dollars didn't get me 120 frames you know like if it does does have 120 awesome i like 120 frames but I'm not sitting here like doing that. Obviously, if I have that choice, if if you're going to say, Brian, you want to pay uh, buy this game on PS4 for 60 or buy this game on PS5 for 70 and I have the choice, I'm going to take the PS5. I want to have the premiere experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I would expect that at least to it to run on a PS5 at, at some level, right? So there would be the expectation that if the PS4 only does 30, but they say PS5 games are 60 frames, I would expect this to at least run at 60 frames right like i hopefully that's i'm making i'm making sense there does is that okay cool yeah so that aspect i would i would expect but i would also in this case be if i'm purchasing that game i would be expecting on myself to at least be playing it for and usually what i kind of rack it up to is a dollar per hour of fun did I have 70 hours of fun with this game? Now, not that doesn't translate to every game. I've bought in games that are 20 bucks and I've gotten thousands of hours of fun out of them. I've also bought in games that are $40 and maybe I only got 20 hours of fun. It's going, you know, you're going to look at that. And that's usually a more of a retrospective thought. Like, did I really enjoy that game? Because Sony's very story narrative driven. Maybe this, maybe God of War or whatever $70 game is only going to be, you know, or like, yeah, uh, you know, I'm thinking Mass Effect, but whatever. <laughs> um, you know, maybe it's only a twenty hour, a dollar, a twenty hour experience, and if it's a remake as well, well, I shouldn't have any excuse. You know, like it's my money, it's my choice. No one's forcing me to spend it, and I know that the price will drop. Right, you could wait. Right, like you could just wait. You don't have to buy day game day one, week one, month one. You could wait uh, to buy the, the buy the certain games. I I look at it as for story. I'm a story guy. Like the reason I'm buying Gotham Knights is because of the story, right? Not because of the looting crafting system and everything in the game. It's just for the story. So still to this day, video games is the number one enter- piece of entertainment, right? You could go pay $200 and get a crappy seat at a sports a sporting event. It's a completely different piece of entertainment, but you're there for two, three hours. You're paying $200, thousands of dollars to sit there. You pay $10 to go to the movies for two hours. You're being entertained. Video games in a story-driven that I play if I go to a movie, I'm invested in that character and I want to I want to be told the story and I'm just watching the story. With video games, I'm being told the story and I'm playing the character. So I am the character and I get to move throughout the world. And to me, that's amazing, always. And that's why I love 
really deep stories in no matter what game it is. If it's Gotham, if it's God of War, if it's uh, Grand Theft Auto, if it's Red Dead Redemption, whatever it is, like those stories to me are well worth 20, 30, 40, 60, 80 dollars, all depending on what, you know, what type of game it is and how much enjoyment I got out of it. Enjoyment could be eight hour title, but I, I absolutely loved it. And I paid 60 dollars for it. I'm like, man, I'm going to play that again. Or I'm going to complete now the, the 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 entire map like an Assassin's Creed or something like that to to get my money's worth of time. The the, the story might have been short, but now I can go back and 100% complete it or, or whatnot. So it, it it changes and varies with each game, but that's I, I'm okay with the seventy dollar price tag. It just it's the reality is I'm not going to be buying. I feel like a kid again. I'm not going to be buying ten games right a year. I'm going to be buying two to three games again. Like when I first got my first wallet or I had to ask my parents when I was a kid, I really want this game Two at Christmas time. I would get like two games and then my birthday would get like two games. And that was it. Right. A game or two. Now, as I got my own job and money when I was a teenager, I was buying them all left and right. And now I feel like I'm a kid again where I'm like, ah, because I got bills to pay and things to do. And I'm like, you know what? All right. I could buy two games at $70. I can buy a, a, a collector's edition for 100 bucks. Right. It, it all depends on, on, on who you are and, and, and what you want. Well, I wanted to use that to set the table for Gotham Knights because I've I was really looking forward to this title. I've played all of the Arkham games except for Origins, and I love them. If you guys haven't checked out Thirty's new channel that he launched, look for Thirty NSG Thirty and Still Gaming, basically abbreviated Thirty NSG. He's got a bunch of Gotham videos that are crushing it for a channel with I think like three hundred subscribers. So new effort, but crushing it on the view count on those vids. So make sure and support that channel. But I, the, the this game is just in such a weird spot for me because I was really looking forward to it, and the more I've watched it, I don't see uh, a step forward. Uh, Arkham Knight's a seven-year-old game, and where do you land on this one, Mike? Are you seeing some of the things that I'm seeing? Do you have concerns? I know you you went you went really deep into Avengers, and even Skill Up said some of the looting in this reminded him of Avengers. So, what's your What's your flyover on this game with respect to quality? It is a $70 game. They very quietly just dropped old gen. It's a next-gen only title, and it was... Smart choice. Yeah, they very quietly dropped it and didn't really say anything about it, but it is at a $70 price point. So what's what's your flyover on Gotham Knights? I'm hoping that the dev build that the people got to play on was older and they didn't optimize it, and the, the graphics will look better. Uh, the water textures and stuff and the, what, what skill up was showing... I mean, seven-year-old game, they did raise up the bar. And what I mean by what they did for Gotham, besides what Arkham was, Arkham series is one of my favorite comic book series of of all time. And Spider-Man is is up there as well because they took, you know, uh, the fighting basically mechanics what from Batman and took it. And, and now these guys took it. It's a little floaty. It's a little different. But at the same time, uh, Arkham didn't have co-op. Arkham didn't have four players to play, right? Arkham didn't have, supposedly, now this is their, them telling us, rich story with certain villain characters, like the backstory. Yeah, you played and you had story, but the the only backstory you really got with most of the character was Joker, right? Because he was the main villain, and it was flushing out the story of Batman and Joker throughout the whole thing, and there was Scarecrow and, and, and whatnot. But they're giving you a richer story in this game, and we'll know if it's good or bad once it comes out. But they did raise the bar, right? They did raise the bar. They 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 put a, a skill tree in the game. If it's good or bad, we don't know yet. But they didn't really have a skill tree in Batman series. They had his tech, 
that you had that you unlocked as you went through and and had different things to get through the different puzzles and 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 whatnot so you got better gear but there is better things they did raise the bar especially from their origins game because i'm not going to compare them to the arkham series but they did make arkham origins and what they did with arkham origins with the dlcs and whatnot they basically included it all into this one game today they just announced uh, a four-player co-op mode called heroic assault okay so i knew i knew there was going to be a four-player co-op in this game i said it months ago because in an article it slipped out it said you could be three of the same characters and i was like how are you going to be three of the same characters if it's a two-player co-op game i was like they 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 let the cat out of the bag just by accident but they did Right, and then another person in a video said that they got to play and or they can play with four of their friends, and I was like, okay. So they took and four player co op was on Sony's site as well when you bought the game, and they took they took that down quietly as well. It said four player uh, multiplayer, and they took that down. So it's not campaign co op for four players, but it's a game mode for four players. So now i'm going into this game because i love rich story i love dc i love marvel i love that i love batman i want to know yeah batman's not in the game or is he we don't know right but <laughs> i'm excited that's what i'm excited about right the game visually is it raising bars no it's not it's dropping the bar actually at least for the footage that we saw it doesn't yeah. look as good as the other games the gameplay for combat is it better I don't think so. I think they kind of just went a bit under the other two games that I mentioned with the Batman Arkham series and Spider-Man. But then again, I haven't played it yet. I could maybe play and go, you know what? The combat feels really good because I play Marvel's Avengers and the combat puts a smile on my face. When I'm Hulk and I'm smashing things, <laughs> it doesn't matter what's happening. I'm like, this is, God, this is fun, right? Because I'm, I'm, I'm fantasizing that I'm, I'm the Hulk and I'm smashing things, right? So if I can feel like a really badass superhero in Gotham City, then they've won me over. Now, is it a generic city like like uh, Skill Upset? Yeah. You look at the you look at the other games, and it Gotham's a character itself, and in this one, it looks like just a generic city of what it is. Uh, I am worried about the crafting system, right? They mm -hmm. say to get certain gear in the game, you're finding chests, uh, certain drops happen, uh, and then you can craft items. And I'm like, what's this gonna be? I don't know if it's gonna be good or if it's gonna be wedged in there. Now, I truly believe. Because Marvel's Avengers came out the way it did, they were making this game, because this was supposed to launch in 2021, right? They delayed it a year to 2022. And I think in the process of them making this game, they saw Marvel's Avengers before it hit rock bottom. And they said, let's make a game like that, but in DC, right? Four-player co-op, kind of like a looter. And they took that looter, right, and changed it up where Marvel wedged the looter into Marvel I think they had a looter from the start here and they took it out. They they said, you know what? I don't think this is smart. And they pulled it out. Now, again, that's just my theory. I don't know if it's true, but it feels like they had a crafting system and a loot system in this game. And now they backtracked it to make it a full-fledged story, more, more uh, story-driven than looter-driven. So we'll see what happens is there. This four-player co-op mode, Heroic Assault, is a 30, 30, um, 30 levels. Okay, it says here on the on the site, it says, yes, Gotham Knights can be played with your friends in two-player two online cooperative mode, enjoyable solo or launch. Okay, you'll you'll go through 30 floors total. You'll defeat uh, enemies on each floor. So now this opens up a, a whole thing. This is not a live service game, no microtransactions. So is there going to be some sort of DLC that comes in where they in, in, insert new villains and new heroes and new, I don't know, your brain can go 
really far with, you know, potential, and then you get disappointed. So I don't want to get too excited about it. But 34 is like Division 2, right? You got the tower type of thing. You got Marvel's Avengers had like a tower type of thing. A lot of Lots of games do this. Minecraft Dungeon does like a tower type of thing. So this is interesting. It's fun because you get to play with your friends co-op. So that's that's fun. Overall, though, my expectations for this game, because of Marvel's Avengers, I'm kind of bringing it down. I I just want to play the story. If the story's good, I'm I'm good with the game. If I don't ever play it again after I play the story and go into this 34 tower or play cooperative with other people in their game, I'm good. As long as the story's good for me, I think the game will be good. I think it'll I think it'll average like an eight, like a 7.5, eight. I don't think it's gonna smash smash records or anything like that. But I, I do think if you're a DC fan that this is this is your Hogwarts. You know what I mean? Like someone that's a right. Harry Potter fan is going to buy Hogwarts, and if someone that's a Batman DC fan, this is just another game that you can dive into and, and, and really enjoy the Gotham like story. What do you, What do you think of this game, Ginger? Because it uh, my I've taken a lot of heat for this. That when they first revealed it, it looked so awesome. I thought, oh, it's going to be awesome. Play as Batgirl or Nightwing or anybody else. They showed off, you know, her and Robin, and it looked great. And I've been concerned because it kind of looks like it's degraded a little bit over time from that first trailer. Uh, and we're familiar with this. If, you know, everybody remembers the Watch Dogs trailer, like things kind mm-hmm. of get stripped away. What's, what's your what's your opinion been on this game and how it, how it appears to you if you look at the gameplay and stuff now? Uh, it just seems like they're getting, uh, especially when we're talking about anything Warner Brothers right now with how everything kind of going on within that company from a budgetary perspective it it could easily just be a game that it's like okay we can we can try to invest more money into it and get it done and maybe their budget is completely separate from what we've seen as a part of like the hbo max and all other warner brothers properties because if you all haven't seen they've pushed movies out this year because they've only had so much money to release a couple of movies maybe there's absolutely no connection well they're out they're out of money but that's why they're 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 money they're hoping everything on black adam um but like when it comes down to it it's like well if if those things are intrinsically linked i think it's just like let's get it out (laughs) you know like yeah we had bigger plans but we've also been working on it let's get something out there it's not a game that that right now appeals to me it's one of those things that when it comes down to it um yeah i've got i've got a lot of games i'm enjoying right now and if y'all if I'm watching y'all's videos and you're like, wow, guys, like this is amazing. It's good. Combat is how I think it appeals. I don't care if graphic fidelity has been lessened. Um, I do. And maybe I'm misremembering or not necessarily having all the pieces in line, but I do remember there was this game I was really excited for um, done back up in the day. And, uh, and it ended up it was originally planned for like four player co-op and it scaled back. It's, you know, it's co-op capabilities and, they ended up in a litigation lawsuit and they ended up losing. It was Silicon Knights. I forgot uh, that uh, beyond human beyond. Anyway, um, I forget the name of it, but it's like, yeah, I kind of get that that vibe maybe into a degree, but I'm not going to stress about it because like, there's there's so many games on my hard drive right now that I don't even have time for. So it's just going to be one of those things that's going to pass me by unless it becomes, unless it launches in such a way that people are like, yeah, this is, why aren't you checking this game out? It's so much fun. It, if anybody wants to know more about it, when I play it, I'm going to be playing nonstop, basically. So uh, I'll know the ins and outs of the entire game when it when it launches. Yeah, I my chat knows. I'll I'll play it day of, but you're not going to get a deep dive with me. If you want a deep dive, you're going to have to watch 30 because I I've 
I'll move on quickly and get into other talk shows and stuff. I'll showcase it day of. I may play it that night with my wife because I'm going to get it on PS5 because the co-op is the one area that I think, oh, I'll play this with my wife and we might have some fun. My -hmm. main concern has been character movement and character animations. It looks like a mobile game to me. Like if you look at Marvel Future Revolution and then you look at this game, there's so many similarities. It's like... Was this game originally planned for mobile? There's new information coming out that makes me very worried that that is exactly what happened. There's a there's a Reddit where a guy is saying it's it's locked at 30 FPS, which doesn't make any sense. None of the previews said anything about that. Skill up. I feel yeah. like Skill up would have said something about I, that. I don't know if it's locked because it's on on the, at least on the Xbox Store. It it does say the uh, what's the the term they use like technical whatever and and and. If it says that it's the 4K ray tracing, uh, and it can, it says, now obviously I don't know if the game can do it, but it says games can go up to 120 frames per second if it's uh, uh, upscaled for the or not upscaled, made for the Xbox Series X and stuff like that. So I don't know if it's 30 frames. I, I'm, it might run 60 frames, but I don't know if it'll run 4K ray tracing 60 frames. It might run 4K at 30 frames and maybe 1080p at. 60 frames i don't know uh we we don't know the exact exact uh text they haven't released it they did say though um that what the gig size is and what it what you graphics cards you need for the pc but yeah i I haven't heard as far as the the actual official can it run at 30 frames or 60 frames yet Mm -hmm. yeah the comment here says the guy says the ps4 version does not have any graphical options other than brightness contrast saturation and hdr I can confirm it doesn't run at 30 FPS. I had to download a 15 gig patch when installing. That doesn't mean there won't be another patch before release. So there might be the concern I would have is it's just 4K 30 out of the box and you can't turn that off or whatever. That would be a weird choice, but that would be a concern for me. I can't do that. Like I the, the yeah. 30, so many games do 4K 30, like uh, Ratchet and others, and I always go to performance. Like 1440 60 for me is the sweet spot. I think games look perfect right there so i we'll have to wait and see i guess i i'm also worried because one of the devs said that there's an end game and i i was like oh god like marvel said there was an end game and here we are two years later still waiting for the third thing to put in the end game that was supposed to be in the game at like one month after launch so i don't know what end game is or what they decide because again if there's a looter aspect to this they haven't shown any of that off. They're trying to be really quiet about like letting people be surprised. So uh, I, I hope they have good intentions and a good. I hate to say the word roadmap. <laughs> I don't want. I, I don't want to see roadmap. I don't want. I don't want to see the roadmap. I'm saying internally. Hopefully right, they have a right, good right, roadmap. Right, 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 right. Uh, down, down yeah, the line. that's a risk. That's yeah. a risk. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's you know. I I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Like in. <sighs> I'm excited. <laughs> it, it can't be worse than Marvel's Avengers. <laughs> That's... I have I have a thousand hours in that game, and and there's a lot of problems with that game. I, and I'm like, there's no way they can make it as bad as this because they had to learn the lesson from these guys, right? You would have to go. That's we don't want to make a, That's ga- a mistake. A lot yeah. of gamers, I hear that they're like, oh, clearly you like no. It's like you have to. You're like, we want to make a game like this. We don't want to make a game like can, that. Yeah. Oh, the uh, man, Avengers, dude. Isn't like, that stubborn though? Many- Come on, Ginger. Like, if you if you you're like, I want to make a game like said game. You're a developer. You start making that game. Don't you strive to make that game better than the game that you wanted to make it like? That's what the gamer thinks, but not necessarily how that's it the- ends up falling out. Like, no, like that's the thing. Like, I, within similar categories, it's like 
Now, bad leadership is a thing. It's a critical component of that. We see it happen multiple times where they're like, you're not like, no, we don't want to be compared to this game. No, no, no. And so then they, they, they cut off everything and they don't go learn lessons. Mm -hmm. I think when you do that, it is important to dive into that game and find out what worked well and what didn't because gamers are naturally going to make that comparison. But that's a that's a driven by leadership. It does not mean just because you want to make a game like X game doesn't mean that the the publisher wants any kind of comparison to that. And it's it's a weird world, man. Like I've I've seen some things where you're just like, well, why would you do that? Like Anthem is a great example. They didn't like, know what they were making, to be honest. So well, like, and yeah, that's the problem with leadership. But then B, it's like, oh yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, no, they don't go see what their competition is even doing because gamers like, even if that yeah, I, I wish more people, I wish more developers did that aspect. Um, but I wonder if there's some kind of legal concern. I'm wondering if that you end up having some kind of nervous publishers like, we, well, we don't get get sued because like, what if they, you know, we, we copy them, you know, or something like that. Like, well, I, I know we talk a lot, I, I deal a lot with that in, in the comedy clubs. A lot it, of us comedians are like sitting down and talking about it like, they're like worried about listening and going and watching specials for the risk of accidentally like right yeah putting out it, a joke it, that's there it, it feels though that these companies are like all right plan one grab a cool ip group two okay uh let's make it a looter and let's make it like that crappy looter game over there because <laughs> they made a lot of money it's like no don't take yeah. the bad parts of this game take the good parts right like for instance if there is a looting aspect in this game that we really don't know yet don't make it like Avengers or Destiny or anything else. Make it like Division. Like, take the good part of Division yeah. 2 and go, yeah, let's take that part and put it in this game. They're like, no, we're going to make a crappy game and we're going to put it out there. 70 bucks. Here we go. You know, best intentions could be there. And then at the end of the day, sometimes it's like, well, we got to gotta release it, you know. So I, I wish yeah. you luck. Hopefully you have fun. And if you do, I'll I'll jump in, you know, for I sure. I mean, I can have fun with a stick and a hoop. So <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure I'll be okay with the Gotham Knights. That's why you're still, you know, you're, that's why you're 30 and still gaming. Right. <laughs> <laughs> all you need is a ball and a cup. Yeah, that's yeah. all you need. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I I hope it's great. Um, I, if I can, if I can stomach the combat, you know, like I said, I could see myself playing co-op with my wife. You know, I, that's, mm -hmm. we've been wanting something fun just to, just to kind of play because I was enjoying playing Returnal with her but that gets really intense. Like it's that's like not a chill game <laughs> to play in the evenings. You know, Returnal gets kind of wild because it's it's a rogue, so it's like all on the line when you get to bosses and stuff. Um, well, we 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 like to cover a variety of games here. So when you guys tune into this, you may have tuned in and saw like God of War Ragnarok news. You may have seen the thumbnail. That's at the beginning of the episode. That's the central story we started with. Mike was was obviously as one of the hosts of the show wanting to talk about Gotham really really excited you know to to dive deep into it and Ginger is one of the the regular updaters of us on Final Fantasy but also New World yes. and this game just continues to say we're not done yet we got like stuff like Rocky Balboa it's like Rocky do. Balboa he doesn't they, it doesn't want to go down yet it doesn't want to right. go down that's right it doesn't yeah. want to be think thought of as a bum and you know, I I've I've always wanted games like this to figure it out because even if I don't come back and play, it's a great model and archetype for other games to say, oh look what they did, look how they kind of mm -hmm. duked it out, slugged it out. I think there's a great looter somewhere being created, and they're going to learn a lot from Destiny. 
sadly mm-hmm. it's not going to be the first ascendant from everything we're hearing but I believe there's a good looter shooter being created that is just patiently building and watching and taking copious notes from the division and destiny and there'll be MMOs that likely take notes and learn from new worlds so what do we got ginger what's going on please don't tell me I'm going to have to come play an instrument and music again we, 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 we need more than that that sounded cool but I want a little bit more than that this time so what's going on right now with the game is uh, they're preparing to launch kind of their big fall update. Uh, the concerns I have is because it's getting a new zone, new weapon. Like there's a lot of content. A lot of people have been labeling this an expansion and I've been fighting against that label, uh, namely because like it's the fall update. Like as a part of MMOs go, you end up having, you know, whether whatever kind of, you know, timeline you have updates. I don't consider any update to Fortnite and expansion, for example, even though they might change the map, et cetera. But my, my only concern there is that gamers end up having a, you know, like, oh, I, I expected it to be multiple zones and multiple weapons. And it's like, yeah, like maybe that's a conversation for another day. What constitutes that that term? But overall, their big update scheduled for uh, October the 18th is redefining the new player experience up through level 25. So one to 25 cutscenes, story, the voice acting is incredible. Like it should be something more akin to what MMOs uh, for a lot of players are more accustomed to something like on um, Final Fantasy or, or World of Warcraft, for example. Now, after 25, they said that they're going to redo that as well, but that's not happening on Tuesday. You're also getting a brand new zone, new greatsword weapon, like new dungeon, uh, and a lot of stuff is being reworked. In fact, honestly, I feel like the PTR that I've been playing on runs the game better. Like, I feel like they got the game running in a good state. But it feels like even performance-wise, the game just is way... The UI just feels way more snappy. So I do appreciate that uh, overall. Um, at its core, uh, on the, following up that uh, to the Tuesday update, on the 2nd of November, they're opening up new fresh start servers for those who want that brand new experience where players can't transfer in. Everybody's starting fresh. And they're going to have at least one fresh start server per region with... Uh, the inability to have people transfer in for they were currently saying like six months. We'll see if that holds out. I'm not a fresh start like server, but I understand those who are wanting that brand new experience, that seasonal maybe experience uh, where everybody's starting off on square one and then kind of running for the world and trying to take over uh, with that for those who are interested in it. Um, I think essentially following next week, we probably will get a new roadmap or at least a new uh, dev update talking about the future roadmap because their current roadmap goes into the fall. And I think they're seeing a lot of numbers. We're seeing lots of players return, a lot of player satisfaction overall. And I think that's ultimately going to be a good thing. But we're all just wondering. So one of the questions that New World players are actively asking is that, oh yeah, thank you very much, chat. There's also a Halloween event and it's it's fantastic. Like it's very exciting to see them bring in these different seasonal events. And so the Halloween event will also be taking a, uh, just uh, starting off. Thank you, John. For I, I completely, I, I did the Halloween event on PTR, and I haven't touched it since. I completely forgot about it. Um, so the question is, is that do they go with a kind of an expansion model at some point in the future, or are they going to just no man's sky this thing where the best marketing, the best advertising is that they just show up and they just bring out really really cool stuff. So the game is already, from my perspective, in a really good position. Uh, the game uh, is is continually improving, and Amazon is communicating, which is I think is a key component in service based games. So they kind of I feel like we've gotten year one under the belt, and you kind of have growing pains, in my opinion, from an MMO uh, for at least two to three years. So I think we're starting to see kind of them mature as a team. 
to understand the content. One of the things that in the last dev update that they spoke about is that they they want to stop taking two steps forward and one step back. So one of the common critiques is that like you might have a big update, but then you still have new problems that kind of emerge each and every time. So the community ultimately has been encouraging them to slow down and stop making like updates every month. And I think we'll end up seeing them kind of shift into kind of a big update every, you know, every three months, which I think ultimately would be exciting and any kind of fixes that, you know, any kind of adjustments or, or bugs or fixes they can make in the interim kind of get patched in every, you know, every week or every other week or something like that. But right now, uh, feels like for me, I haven't played at all this week, uh, namely because I know that next week it's going to be pretty exciting to, to actually take my character into the new zone, to experience the new stories, to get into the new dungeons. And, uh, and so this has been kind of a nice relaxing week. Plus I've also been pretty busy, but the, uh, I, I think next week's going to be pretty exciting. And I think, what I hope for as a player is that we start to have the conversation about what comes after this. Because after this update, we really don't know what's what's next. And that's going to be, I think, something that's either going to be the thing that drives New World uh, as player numbers continually up, or it's going to be the thing that puts the nail in the coffin if they're like, yeah, we're done. <laughs> but I, it doesn't sound like from everything, every conversation that I've had, um, that that's actually kind of the, the plan forward. But the uh, some of the things that I know that you've addressed with Lono, uh, what you want to see with them redefining and bringing things in game and teaching, that's getting better. Is this the perfect time for you to return to it? I think only if you really miss it. If you're if you really miss it and you were like, oh, I really want to see it and experience it on the 18th, it's going to be a great opportunity for people to come and check out the new player experience. Doesn't mean you have to stick around. If after the new player experience, after level 25, you can even do this on a veteran character. By the way, it's not like you have to make a new character. Um, but, and after that, you're like, cool, I want more. Let me know when that happens. Then, you know, then it's just a function of time. So I'd highly encourage anybody who has not been playing the game for a while uh, to log in right now up to the 18th. They have a 50% additional experience in case you never hit cap. And the last thing I would say is that servers are getting really filled and they're having to turn on more and more servers. And they've been doing that pretty much each and every week. So I don't know where you ended up, but you might want to log in and maybe use a free transfer token to find uh, you know, if you and your friends are considering uh, checking it out. I would do that now rather than Tuesday because Tuesday probably will have a queue. They have said they're working to make it to where you can transfer before you log in, mm -hmm. but that's not going to be on Tuesday. And that's a real that's going to be an unfortunate thing. I do wonder if we'll see articles and videos about people frustrated that they have a big queue and they just want to switch servers. So if anybody can do that before Tuesday, now's your opportunity. For context here too, I'm checking the Steam charts, and I'm like, well, there you go. I mean, they have doubled their average players, so if you want to see it as like a valley, they got way down in a valley in June. 13,000 would be the average players, and it's bounced up 16,000, 25,000, 28,000 average players. There's 37,000 people playing right now. And if you see it as a valley, it's like they're kind of coming out of the valley. They're heading back towards the numbers that they had in uh, February was 32,000. In January, 65,000. You know, December, 83. So if they can get up to those numbers and start averaging anywhere from 80 to 100,000 players on the average player login, that will be impressive like to, to, mm -hmm. to turn that around and this this fall could be that a question is always yeah. 
how do you come back? You know, that's the thing. I'm going to come back and go through the whiplash of where am I? I don't know where I am. What's what's my server? What's going on? You did say, you know, replayer or returning player acquisition was something they thought about with like basically a tutorial-esque experience. You know, they did consider that. Um, Mike, how do you come back to a game like this if, if it's going to feel... Like, you want to praise them. Oh, it's a completely different game. But I went through that with No Man's Sky. I was like, oh, it's a completely different game. And I kind of wanted to start over because it was like, I, I don't know what I'm doing or where I am or what's my ships like, you know? Like, where, where do you land on, as a, as, a, as a potential returning player, I'm thinking, how on earth could I do it? You're muted, Mike. Sorry, my son came in. I was telling Ginger earlier uh, before the show started that I went back and I just couldn't do it. And the, and the mm-hmm. reason is that I liked all the updates that they did, right? 100%. I, I like the 0 to 25, that that grind, where it feels much, much better. The story, the, the dialogue between all the characters. I love the voice dialogues with all the characters. I like the new weapons. I thought the musical instrument was actually pretty fun because I, I used to play Star Wars Galaxies and they used to have musical instruments there. So it brought back a little nostalgia feel of that. But then I was just like, oh, the dungeons. The dungeons was another thing. I didn't have to get any keys anymore, right? So that that was great as well. And I was like, wow, this is, it feels good. As I'm playing it, I was like, this feels good. But then I was like, yeah, it's too late. It's too late. And it's nothing against the devs, right? It's just now there's other games coming out um, and I'm putting more time in there. And no matter how much you love a game or multiple games, you have the same amount of time every single day yeah. to do stuff. And it's just really hard to get back into it. Uh, I like the, I, it's funny. I love New World. I love everything about New World, but I don't want to play New World, right? Yeah. It does, it, <laughs> it makes <laughs> no wrong with that at all. Like, <laughs> no sense. It makes yeah. no sense. Because it, it it's done everything from when it launched. I like the the the, the crafting system, which they fixed. I like the inventory system, which they fixed. They fixed everything that was like bad, but it was good when you first played it. And then you're like, ah, oh, you're starting to see the cracks. They fixed all the cracks, right? They fixed all the cracks. It's a mm-hmm. it's a much much better gaming experience now. It feels better. It looks better. They changed the cities, uh, and now they have the expansion. I think a lot of people are coming back for the new area more mm-hmm. than the quality of life updates, right? And I don't know if they can, uh, as as much as Ginger likes it and other people like it, I don't think it'll ever go back up to those numbers like we see with like Cyberpunk right now. Like Cyberpunk made a completely U-turn and now there's, you know, higher than it was when they launched, okay? I'm not saying that New World can't do that, but I think New World's going to have these big dips and valleys where mm-hmm. game, just like any game, but it's an MMO and MMOs live and die by the population of the player base in those servers, right? If they're dead servers, they have to start consolidating. People's experiences depend on other people uh, playing in that world for the economy and everything else. It's different than a live service game or uh, a Call of Duty where your servers are are dry because it'll just merge you into another server. But if you put your life into a a server and then that server dies, you kind of feel like the air is sucked out of the room, right? And then you have to restart and do it again. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing, No Man's Sky, um, like a Skyrim, a Fallout, any kind of these open world games, every time you stop for a long period of time and then come back, you are exactly what you said, Lonnie. You're like, you're lost. You're mm-hmm. like, what was I doing? What am I doing? Should I start again? And then you kind of in this like same repetition again. You start a new character, you do up the whole thing. You're like, I really love this. And then something happens. Life happens, a new game comes out and you lose track again. And you come back six months later, you're like, should I start again? Or do I invest more time into it? So, 
I don't know. I, I do really like New World. I hope New World does succeed, and I hope I get to come back when there's another lull uh, happening. But yeah. right now, there's other games taking my 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 time, and my time is uh, is very limited uh, and valuable when I play my when I play games. So that's that's actually the most important point. And then one of the things that I think makes New World special in that regards is that being that you don't have a subscription in this game, you can choose to dip in and dip out whenever you want and that's i think healthy for gamers one of the things we've seen i think as an unhealthy practice is the this is all i play all the time never playing anything else and then eventually that's going to lead to a, to a point where you have to like cut and bail like it's like i have to go cold turkey as opposed to like yeah i played it a little bit you know this last week that was really mm -hmm. enjoyable <clears throat> and dipping in and out now uh, community also helps drive a lot of that like we end up running yeah. our community game nights which is fun so it's like yeah we'll get together and go do dungeons or we'll just go chop down trees. I don't care. Like we're just, we're going to go figure out some kind of way to, to enjoy our time in the world. But the numbers thing I want to kind of talk about, and then I want Lona to kind of weigh in as well. I think one of the things is that we should, if we could, if we could cut out height, right? Like what really is the number? Because a lot of people look at the hype number and they say like, will new world ever get to that? I, I, it doesn't need to, I don't right. care for it to, I don't think it will unless all of a sudden you just see them, crushing it in terms of both marketing and console you know, or something like that but regardless i really think the number what i always kind of define the number is two phases i look at february and january as what i would call the kind of the true number of people who are really interested in this game because that's essentially like when the content is when you hit 60 when when you're looking at the core content and what the game is offering outside of big updates outside of hype you're looking at around uh, 67,000 to 117,000. We're not there yet. I think we might see that, but we'll still see it in a hype way. The true, like, I think that's a really good number, especially for an MMO that's just on Steam. And that would actually put it in easily in the top 10, because right now it's in the top uh, 25, top 20 MMO games played on Steam overall. Like, that's, it's numbers 37,000. Like, that's still top 25, you know, like yeah. easy uh, on Steam. But I say sixty to to hundred a hundred thousand. That's actually that would be an incredible number. That's like that's what I would call a real number for the game. Um, the floor though, the the red flags for me, the things that I would say would be concerning to see, is their floor is thirteen to ninety eight concurrent. If mm. they ever get to a point where it drops below that floor, because I believe MMOs in terms of it is that you're looking at ceilings and floors, right? Like highs and lows. Yep. Right now we know they're low. We know it. It's set. It's on this website. If they drop below that low, there's a real problem. That's where you'll hear my tone and concern for the game change. But I right. believe what we'll see is we'll see that, that floor raise and raise and raise and raise as long as they do the work. And that's what they're right. doing. And so that's how I look at MMOs. And that's where I think where people get frustrated with my analysis. But then, you know, six months later, I'm going to make the I told you so video. Like, because I look at certain things differently. I don't care about the concurrent. I care about the highs and the lows. And if the low is constantly going up, that's a good sign. That's a healthy sign. Yeah, but I guess the, the servers though, right? Like if you know when you go into a server and when the game's popping off, man, it, it feels good. Like in back in the day, World of Warcraft and stuff like that, when you went to a, a, a city, you're like, oh man, there's a lot of people in this game, right? There's yeah, yeah. It, it feels healthy. It feels good. The trading and everything like that. Yeah. When you go up into a city and it's desolate and you're like, huh, I'm having fun, but somebody else playing maybe 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 i'm off on off hours i'll come back later and you come back later and it's still dead it, you're like well no one's playing and just life in general that's just what it is if i know a lot of people are introverts and stuff but when you go out somewhere 
people go towards crowds because they want to see what's there. And, yeah. and if there's no one there, like, well, nothing's happening here, right? Myself, I don't care if I go to a crappy bar. As long as I'm with the people I'm having fun, that's yeah. where I'll be. But yeah. that's that's what gaming culture is. Gaming in, in MMOs, if you go into a place and it doesn't feel like people are enjoying themselves and being there, you're like, nah, let's go find... It's like high school party jumping. You know what I mean? You're like, ah, this party's lame. Let's go to a different one, right? That's that's what it feels like when a game, even though it's not dead, even though what you're talking about, that that low, there's 100 servers, but 30 of those servers are completely dead. Those people think their game is dead, and they're like, ah, eh. and they don't want to invest by moving or transferring their token to another server because they have to invest time back into that, and that and that time sink is is what pulls people away. Yeah, I have. I mean, maybe your experience is different, but we haven't actually seen that happen um, because essentially they've merged. Like when everything was getting me. small, they, they moved you. So you're on a new server. Like everything gets mm. you know merged. Right now, they're actually having the opposite problem: is that servers are filled and people are in long queues. So they're spinning up new servers. That's where the fresh start servers will come into play. Ultimately, the fix is what Guild Wars Two does, where they basically say you're all a part of this game, and we're gonna feed you into the zones. But I don't know if we'll ever see them go in that direction because Lono even addressed this earlier on. It's like just adding more people. You got resources that, you know, and things like that. Mob spawns. Like there's all these things that you have to consider. And he did an excellent video on that um, this time last year. But um, at, at its core, those are things we will see when hype. That's what I'm saying. Like when the hype of Brimstone Sands and the new Fresh Start servers dips down, what's the new what's what's our new floor set at right and then essentially it's like okay cool because servers are a problem and the devs have addressed that they are working on those solutions and they know that they need to fix and figure these things out and then unfortunately it isn't a light switch it wasn't like oh easily you know <laughs> turn off all problems boom you know like but uh we'll have to wait and see and so once the hype of the brimstone sands dips down you're gonna see people with the hype we're already seeing it online everybody's like praising new world and as soon as it like the algorithm kind of shifts on it what I'm looking for is is that what's our new floor? Is it is it twenty thousand? Is it sixteen thousand? Like these aren't bad numbers because no. we we know that hype cycles exist and we know how it impacts us as gamers. Like you said, we want to be where the crowd's at. We want to right. be where people are, and that's one of the things that drives hype in. And so somebody might be just coming in, checking out all the changes, being like, "Oh, now I want to go play God of War." Nothing wrong. Like there's nothing wrong with that. That's a healthy thing to do as a gamer. You know yeah i think that's always that's always the tension is you either are a victim of failure and the bottom falls out or you're a victim of success and everything kind of caves in i know when you know when the game came out that was the issue and so i do wonder if that is the risk now the greater risk is not them failing the greater risk is being a victim of success you know like what if all these people come storming back and they can't manage it well then that could Mm -hmm. potentially make it all for naught it's like all that work all that effort making the game better and everybody comes surging back and they're like i can't play i can't get in i can't play with my friends whatever those problems could be that's not even indicative of the game's quality at that point Mm -hmm. that's just oh my gosh how do you handle all these people coming surging back in because this is one of those games that i cheer for from you know, from the sidelines, like, come on, man, you guys can do this. You have a good game. You have such good core design and sound. And one of the people that is actually at the studio working on the game is in our community. He's super nice guy. He's very, very generous. He's always given good input on what's coming. And it's like, 
man, I'd love to see, you know, New World pull itself up and, and really, really deliver greatness because it seems like a game that deserves it based on the merits of some of its individual pieces. Maybe not how it was handled when it first came out, mm-hmm. but it's weird to say that, right? It's like, it's one of those games where you're like, man, this is a game that deserves to to succeed. This is a game that deserves a shot. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons people rooted for No Man's Sky because you could almost sense there's something here beneath the surface. There's something great that could exist. I've I've cheered for games in the past like that and, and said things as though, you know, there's there's like this giant skeleton underneath the surface, man. There's something amazing that could be here if you could just figure it out. Absolutely. So I will tell. <laughs> what's that? Time will tell. Like time that's will really tell. Just the yeah, time will tell. We, we, we are going to move on to the to the members-only segment, the after show. Ginger uh, has, has typically got to part ways with us when that happens. But I'm going to give these guys an opportunity to talk about where you can find them, what kind of content they make. Maybe you've never heard of them before. Maybe this is your first Reforge Roundtable, and you're like, well, I don't know who Ginger and Mike are. Well, they're going to tell you. So, Ginger, what are, uh, what are the places they can find you, and what kind of content are you making? I generally focus in on um, like looter shooter, multiplayer RPGs, MMORPGs. Uh, you can start at Ginger Prime. Uh, that's where I, I play and uh, I stream there occasionally. If I'm going to stream off Twitch, it's going to be on Ginger Prime. Uh, you can also find me on Twitch. I run a Twitch channel with my friend Chris at Work the Game. That's Work Two, the number, and then the, and the word game. But overall, if you start on Ginger Prime, all the links are everywhere you need to be. I cover New World uh, with Ginger World. I cover Final Fantasy and Ginger XIV. Uh, I have Ginger Blue Protocol. Like uh, so, for uh, Blue Protocol, if that game ever decides to resurface, I'm really excited. And uh, I am a member. Uh, the reason why I have to dip is like, I got to go get my kids their haircuts, and then I got some uh, work stuff that I need to get done. So <laughs> I, I have actually been a member for 14 months. I said that's what uh, I got to put my membership uh, badge in chat earlier today, which was nice. Yeah, I so, saw that, yeah. and I didn't want to shout it out at the beginning oh. of the broadcast. Like, thanks for the membership, yeah. Ginger. <laughs> thanks. Oh, you're so welcome. <laughs> no, so uh, been, I've been a fan of Lona, like especially like Anthem and Destiny coverage, and uh, his uh, his continued growth over here on YouTube. So I'm actually just happy that I get to come hang out and talk uh, games, and we can finally disagree on a few things. Uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> that's that always makes fun. Uh, you know, fun podcast for sure. Um, and no, it's not haircuts every Friday, John. <laughs> Uh, generally speaking, though, like usually my family, my wife needs me. And then I have to I usually I start my uh, community game nights at four o'clock. Uh, so that's uh, it just is a timing thing for me, unfortunately. But yeah, that's where you can find me. Start at Ginger Prime. Um, if you guys like that, uh, check it out. And uh, uh, other than that, you'll see me here on occasion. Yeah. Mike, where can they find you? And I mean, we, we, we talked about it a little bit, but let's, you know, frame that that channel. It's I'm, I'm seeing these videos whole viewership, man. It's cool to see. Yeah, tell me about it, because uh, uh, my my normal channel, Thirty and Still Gaming, which is uh, is my old channel, and it, my new channel is Thirty NSG, but it will be Thirty and Still Gaming. But right now it's Thirty NSG. We're moving channels. We're moving sort of like what you did. Uh, mm-hmm. The algorithm has completely and utterly destroyed my other system, uh, you know, channel because of how old it is. So I moved over, did the exact same content that I'm doing, and then I'm doing extra content on top of that. I'm making videos right now for 
Gotham Knights. Uh, so if you're interested in that game, you come on over. Uh, but I'm, I cover all types of things. I do a show called The Daily Grind Monday through Thursday in the mornings from 10 o'clock to noon. It covers news stories. Uh, I do about three stories. Uh, and then I do 30 plays, which is in the evenings, Monday through Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern. We play different games. Right now I'm playing Grounded, absolutely loving Grounded. Uh, and then Thursday night I do a podcast called Generation X Gaming, a weekly podcast that goes over a few of the top stories in the past week. And we rant along the way. Uh, so that's what I do Monday through Thursday. And uh, the new channel is going to have all of that. But right now, uh, 30 NSG, if you guys... Would, uh, wouldn't mind, hit that subscribe button. I'm trying to get it monetized. So I'm trying to get to that thousand sub uh, mark. We're, we're doing really good on the viewership though. Uh, the viewership is, uh, is is skyrocketing over there. So I'm, I'm very happy to see that. That's how it starts. That's when the algorithm starts to treat you right. The, you know, you just gotta, you gotta, you gotta push. It's it's really, really difficult, but that 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 channel change can be all the difference in the world. Guys, listen, we're going to do a redirect for members to go to the after show. Everybody else should go sub to his channel, okay? If you're a member, I'll send you there after, okay? We're going to go do after show with Mike, and when we're done, I'll send you over there, okay? But everybody else, if you're not a member, if you're lurking, listening, and you just haven't gotten one of those gifted memberships and you want to go support Mike's channel, I'm going to put the link in chat. So that link right there is a link to his brand new channel. Go get him monetized thousand subs is that's something we can definitely lend a helping hand with because that really makes another difference as well once videos are monetized youtube likes them a lot more so head over there if you're a member don't go anywhere i'm gonna start the next stream and bring you with us okay i'm gonna i'm gonna give you a link to the members only stream as well just in case because that i know sometimes it like doesn't want to work okay so that other link is redirect is is spotty sometimes yeah Hey, oh, YouTube. <laughs> thanks so much for clicking on this. If you're a member, this is an after show. Ginger's going to step out, but we're going to stick around a little bit after the Reforge Roundtable. So if you're getting to watch this, maybe you got gifted as a member. Maybe you're your own member. Maybe you're a magician and somehow you got in here and we don't know how you did that. But make sure you're in the Discord. There's links in the descriptions of all my videos of the Discord server. And make sure you're around on Friday nights. Madam and I will be playing some scary games tonight. For October, we're gonna finish that dark anthology series. So I'm gonna end the previous stream. I'm gonna end the roundtable and bring everybody over. That was a great episode. Thanks so much, Ginger, for being here, and so much for the great conversations, disagreements, and.